But it's so funny on Letterboxd as you're reviewing, like being like, I haven't seen that movie, but I know it's one star. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I, I have I to resist that, doing that. I, I have actually, to resist I, doing I, that. I put things on my Which movies? List. Oh my God, there's so many. Any of the Spider-Man movies that I haven't seen, I know those are bad. Have you seen no, Far I From Home seen. with with your no. guy Gyllenhaal? It's a good movie. Is oh, it? that's a good one. I mean, I like the the other one better, but this one's oh, good. Any of those Civil War movies, whatever. Obviously, those are bad. Um, what do you mean, like good. Cold Mountain? That movie's amazing. No, uh, the <laughs> Captain America, except for the first one. <laughs> Any Avengers or Captain America movie, obviously. Whatever. Welcome to a pre-Super Bowl edition of the Friday Night Movie Podcast, where we are going to discuss many important things, everything from Terminator Dark Fate to our mother's hair. But first, before we go anywhere, Becky in California, how are you doing? Lily, I'm assuming you're fine. I want to start with Becky. I don't know. Lily didn't answer. Maybe she's not fine. Um, Lily, are you there? Uh, I don't think she's here. All right. Anyway, so um, it's actually really I hear a good segue laugh. into how I'm doing. Um, so last night we had the privilege of going to the rap party. Just like for... how if one of us has a better story than the other, then the other one just negated. And you go with the best story. Yes. So go. Yes. Go. So last night we had the privilege of going to the... Pixar rap party screening and rap party for their newest film onward Fancy. which which Vlad worked on for about two or three years it was a pretty big part of our life that movie um, so we went to the screening and it was so exciting to see the movie complete and come to life um, and then from there we went and we had like a little party time but the film does, I'm not going to give anything does away Buzz Lightyear show up in person to God, Pixar rap so parties. annoying. You are so annoying. Obviously. No. <laughs> Shy, okay? We're all adults. We don't need Buzz to show up. But it would be a bonus. So There's I'm not, no characters want... like walking around or anything? Not even the pants from Onward? I don't... Does it matter? You're not... You guys aren't going to let me speak anyway. Why don't you just tell me about the rap party? Why don't you just make up what it was? There has to be a Q&A Go. portion of the story. Otherwise, <laughs> Go even if it's I'm before leaving. the story starts. Okay, Becky, tell us about it. So... Party. So I won't know. I'm gonna tell you about the screening. So, so I don't. I'm not gonna give anything away about the film, but I do want to say that it truly hits the bullseye as far as telling the story about a story about siblings and what it really, what it means. And I really, I, I mean, I really connected to it. I really identified with what it means to be a sibling, to have an older brother, or I mean, or sister for me. But it's a story about two awesome. brothers. But it really what that connection is, the responsibility to each other as siblings, the, the Pixar has tackled that really, right? Before yeah, sibling story, I don't think so. Well, I don't the think the they've only done recent awesome. sibling story we have was Frozen Two, Frozen. which my daughter reiterated yesterday, destroyed her sense of childlike wonder. Jesus, <laughs> best <laughs> no, but it really for me it was it hit the mark perfectly as far as that incredible bond that siblings have and the way that the brothers are in the movie with each other so much reminded me of my relationship with the two of you and awesome incredibly incredibly beautiful and how honestly they capture that did they thank us for being uh, like did they thank the podcast in the remarks like was anyone from our family thanked in the the credits or anything like that the the director dan stanlin actually specifically noted how friday night movie (laughs) podcast influenced 
how he was telling the story of him and his brother. He was like, it was originally <laughs> it about, really about my brother, and then FNM <laughs> really just goes the extra mile, and so he kind of he's like, I veered a little bit off course no, from like, my own I'm story. I'm assuming you know, story like when Jackie they when did. they did um you know Coco, the amount of research that they did behind. Mexican culture and all that is phenomenal. I'm assuming this is made by somebody who has a sibling. Yeah, it's, I hope. it's this. It's the director Dan's story about him and his brother, basically. That's, that's amazing. It that's is awesome. not and about. It's, and, it's, and it feels so genuine in that way of because he's the younger sibling, so he's the younger sibling of of oh, how really, you really of how you what it what your older sibling really means to you. So it's like and, a lot of that person asking the older sibling to pay attention. To them. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're, okay. Well, you know what? I just want you to watch this movie and then feel I, really guilty for making I fun of me. I cannot wait to see this movie. It looks amazing. Because I was serious. crying about how much I love you too, and I'm like, when does it come out? We you know? absolutely oh, for are the plebos for the regular for the people? marketing team. I don't know when it comes out. March maybe. Google it. I don't know. <laughs> but you know just as much as I do. Becky, obviously, we're super excited. We're super invested it, in this. And on top of the movie being one of the more original and exciting stories mm-hmm. I've seen in a while. There, I was trying to get at it before, but I believe more than Vlad, there's there are additional credits yeah, in the film sorry, associated yes. with and our then, family. And then, yeah, so I, I know what you were getting at. And in the credits of all Pixar movies, there's a special section for production babies. And I am extremely proud and thrilled that our first daughter, Miri, Miriam, is in the credits. So when you are watching this movie, stay through the credits. When you get to the production babies part, it's in like the right hand column. You will see Miriam is listed in there as one of the production babies. That's amazing. And that really means a lot. Her and name is going to be like in the Disney forever. vault. Yeah, forever. 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 So no, traditionally. So is, so is Vlad's, our brother in law's. Traditionally. <laughs> Your your kid gets listed in whatever whatever year they're born, that movie that comes out. So she actually should have been listed in Incredibles too. But I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, no, that's not happening. I was pregnant. We shit. Right. We were building this family, and I was pregnant while Vlad was working his tail off on Onward. I want her listed on Onward because that is the movie I associate with her. Um, with like being pregnant and her birth and that first year of her life, all of that, that whole time Vlad was working on Onward. So we pulled a couple strings and we got her listed in Onward. So it's very, very exciting. That is amazing. Um, There's one more, speaking of great great sibling adventures, well, save your questions to the end of this. Becky and I went on a sibling adventure last week. We taped from being in in California. We were on our way to San Francisco Sketchfest, which honestly, when you look at that when you look at that lineup, it looks like the most Bananas. amazing comedy festival. Everyone is at that festival. And we got to see one of the last shows of the festival. We got to see Voyage with the Stars, an improv sci-fi comedy podcast, which you've heard me talk about. The best way I can describe it, it's like Seinfeld in space. It's like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, only with amazing comedians that you know and think are brilliant. And we got to watch the show, which had us laughing so hard we were crying. And then afterwards, the great Janet Varney, who we love and who is such a great person in addition to being so talented, came back and chatted with us a little bit and she said hi to Lily. She wanted to know how Lily was doing. She she said uh, sent regards to the kids too and she introduced us to some of her longtime friends um, including Chris Royce, who is the host of the Talent Crush um, podcast, which is a one that I really love. And so it was just an awesome night seeing extremely talented people do their thing. We got to see her and Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. Um, all of them were just, uh, and the rest of the cast, they were just amazing and hilarious. And everyone should check out that podcast. And Becky and I had a great night on my, the town. We ate some crispy I'm, rice. I'm not well, joining in in this part because my FOMO has made me incapable of joining we ate some crispy rice becky took me out for some bibimbap oh my mouth is watering thinking about and, how and crispy a, that rice was a super, how gooey the pancake. a super mayonnaise a super mayonnaise japanese pancake which you have to say the name of it 
Okonomiyaki. But it was so thoughtful of Becky that she knew we had to do a pancake thing while we were there. And so instead of just doing like regular pancakes, we did the Okonomiyaki Japanese pancake for the table before we went out. And, and people can watch your food shenanigans on IGTV on our Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we also did a whole like uh, a pastrami locks tasting. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I got to say, IGTV, there's that is exclusive IGTV content. It, it sometimes has sometimes have snippets from the show, but sometimes we just do a bit. Okay. And we did okay, a bit. Back to my question, though. Speaking of food, how, what is a Pixar wrap party? Like, is it just like people throwing caviar at you and lobster, giant whole entire lobsters? Uh, I no, feel like it's like sugar cereals. Um, I don't know. Or is it just like sugar you know cereals and teeny I feel tiny like, donuts? I feel like it is exactly in the middle of those two things. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the pinpoint center of people throwing caviar at you and like Fruit Loops, somewhere in the middle of that. Caviar is and it, Fruit Loops. It's Who's beautiful. The caterer it's, for it? There's, like, honestly, they have probably a dozen different caterers. They have, wow. you know, they'll get some of the like great, you know, so a couple of like really great restaurants that people love um, to come and put up food. And then they have all sorts of like little, small bites all over the place and and the range and i'm gonna tell you though there is a range between like oh my god this is incredible to like oh get that taste out of my mouth like so, so i have that a question was a bad choice. all right yeah. you have the oh, wait, option so... to, to go to two different catered events one is the pixar wrap party as you described it for loose and mm-hmm. caviar or any one of the Pinchuk's grandchildren's bar mitzvah. No, pin, Pinchuk grandchildren bar mitzvah. It's not even people throw a party. The difference is that while the Pixar one, you'll have some awesome options and it will be really, really fun. You're catering to 3,000 people more or less. It is a massive party. It's basically in like an airport hangar. Like it's the equivalent kind of space. It is gigantic, which is about the size of a Pinchuk party yes. anyway. But um, but it, I just feel like when you're serving that many people, it's hard to get the food consistent and hot and fresh tasting like you're always eating something that's like slightly soggy or like a little bit too room temperature for what you want um what you're saying and there's like long um, lines and are th- the i guess there's no great. celebrity sightings because the cast no, 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 no. they go to the Chris premiere Pratt. they don't they don't slum it with us uh julia regular Louis Right. No, no, no. The the cast is on it, but it's but it's really for the crew, and it's a lot of fun. And they set up fun like photo stuff you can do, and they have live music, and there's drinks, and it's just oh, like a big fun party, and everyone that's awesome. goes and that's awesome. hangs out, and you know, that's, and uh, that's great. Yeah. I, I think we've learned one really important thing, which is we need to talk Becky's... more about the Pinchucks, who are our, yeah. our, our <laughs> really great family friends from but, Montreal. Yeah, it's it's that's a very personal. And that Becky, but if you can score an invite famous... to a Famous what? adjacent. Becky remains famous I adjacent. I remain famous adjacent, I Which will is, say. It's a good way to be famous. So now we've had a major family development. This is Seismic not, shift oh, in our family. This is not... We're not talking birth of a child here. Bigger. We, we're talking yeah. an end of an era, a revolution. Mm-hmm. I... Arrived... This needs to impact Shy greatly because... When this has happened previously in our lives, like you've been extremely yeah. affected. So, 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 so let's 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 be clear here. My mother changed her hair. We'll get to how she changed it. But when, there, when I was three or four years old, maybe five, my mom changed her hair. And as the story is told, I refused to go home with her because with her I did not school. recognize her. And then when my mother and every haircut she's had since you take personally. Yeah, it's totally true. I take. I, I I like because I have this vision of mom's hair long when I was really little and every time she's gotten some of them have been amazing haircuts and some of them are like really fakakta haircuts but to mom's credit she has never held back from letting a hairdresser do what they want like cut their like even cut her hair like with their eyes closed and drunk but sometimes a lot of the time her hair looks amazing and this time I arrived home and for and they were coming to our house for Shabbat and Mom is waiting behind the pillar where there's the brick, where there's the exposed brick, and Dad's filming me, and she pops out from around it with all, almost all of her hair cut off, and it is not even gray, it's white. White. Like, spiky hairdo. 
And I want to start, before we do our bits, I want to say, Mom looks beautiful. She looks younger. She looks like a badass. And in our family, the way you show love when someone does something like that is you relentlessly make fun of them. So before, and I told Mom when she left our house, I gave her a big hug. I said, Mom, you look amazing. This was a great move. You know we are compelled to make fun of you on the podcast now. Although note that the two people we have to make fun the of. Least I still fun feel like that's mom. you being a little bit angry about the change. Oh, I, I'm I think not we angry. Could, oh no, mom the looks two amazing. people who have made the mom least fun awesome. of mom I love it. are me and Becky. I feel like just, we could just for the record about it, but I don't need to. We kibitz, but I, I mean, but but I'm just saying that like you, you can't like do something like that shave off all your hair and come out unscathed. It's not possible. And so I think the best way, so we're talking about Terminator Dark Fate today. This is like Fanyala Gray Fate because her hair is now, <laughs> or, because her hair is now gray. Um, but again, mom looks amazing. That being said, I would like to uh, recount some of the reactions that people said when they were, when they were hearing the, when, when they saw mom. So first was my youngest child just looked at her and mom went to pick her up at school and they videoed it. And she just said, what color is it? (laughs) And, but aside from that, the kids were unfazed. I thought it was awesome. Then I said, you look like one of the Yiddish teachers from Bialik High School in Montreal. And then one of my kids also said, you look like someone who runs a Hebrew school. There's a real well, Vlad, Vlad thinks she looks like a museum curator, <laughs> yeah, that's right. for the record. She's yeah. just missing more dangly jewelry. She and, needs, like, a bit more chunky jewelry to fill that. Exactly. Exactly. And then I – and then we got into some celebrities. I think she looks a lot like Stephen Lang from Becky's favorite movie, Avatar. He plays the, like, crazy general with the white hair. Mm-hmm. Do yourself a favor, audience, and just Google it. Stephen specifically Lang. how he looked at Avatar, because right. he's, he looks slightly different in other things. But but you sent the, the picture of him to our family chat, and Jose just holds up the phone and is cackling. <laughs> and but but I really, <laughs> Lily, how did Jose react? Jose immediately saw the picture. Was like, first of all, she looks amazing. Second of all, she's like doing a full Richard Gear <laughs> with her the color, and like I can see her growing it out a little bit. He's like, she looks like Richard Gear, and I was, I actually thought I was like, there's no greater compliment. That guy's and, so beautiful. And then and then there there's lots of great opportunities to do bits like with. Like with dad, like just like no. Shine, have you did you have you been sending it to me and Becky or just me? Because I can't think of I have so many chats, but I just keep sending these pictures of mom and dad from pretty far away. (laughs) For a second, you can't tell now. First of all, you can tell them apart because mom's hair is brighter. But, but when you're walking up into your living room and they're both watching TV, it's it's (laughs) like little white fuzzies. Yeah, you see that? Is that the the thing that as people get older? Is that that thing well, that as people get older, they start to look more and more well, like their this was, they nailed it then. Yeah, and partners. then and then the other thing is I think Ali is the best. The well, one that Ali when, said about mom. When mom went up to go help the kids with something, she's the kids were complaining. She's like, "I'll come and help you." And I said, "Don't worry, kids. She can move really fast now because she's really aerodynamic." <laughs> but let's cap off with some super positive things. Ali, Ali, Ali's reaction. Well, Ali said that Ali just sent a picture to the tech. She's like badass like that in a pink with like her shaved like white hair. And I th- I've been trying to convince mom to grow her hair out like pink and have like that faux hawk with the oh, shaved yeah, side. Oh, yeah, she totally should. She looks like a rock star. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Now she can. She's in like a yeah, good spot can. for that. Oh, yeah. So, mom. Everyone says she looks amazing and younger. We love you. You look amazing. The hair looks great. Own it. It's really cool. And um, anything is better than what it looked like right before this when she was growing the gray back out. <laughs> it was just like... She looked like an evil villain. <laughs> she, looked like <laughs> she looked like Cruella DeVille after she gets in the car accident. So, um... <laughs> All right. Let's get to our topic of the day. Terminator Dark Fate. I just want to say that I appreciate you guys so much indulging me. There's no reason that this movie should be a topic on this podcast. Like, it's not current, it's not Well, it just came out on video. I guess, but you know, I just, I know we've talked about so much already, so it's not the entire episode, but um, I just really, maybe it was the nostalgia, but I was like, I felt like I had a lot to say, and I I wanted to share it, and um, 
the, the, this franchise was a huge thing to anybody who grew up in the 90s. I mean, so I feel like by this all means, be... Lily, share away. I don't know what you have to say about it, but I'm fascinated that you have a lot, quote-unquote, to I say. I mean, there weren't right? even twists in the movie. It just happened. Maybe not. Okay, I don't know. I, well, you're the host, Shia. Let you keep going. Well, lazy. Okay, so let's just start with Terminator Dark Fate is the sixth Terminator movie, but it but really the third. But it takes place in what I would say is an alternate timeline. That's the only way I can rationalize all this. In an alternate timeline that takes place uh, 20, 30 years after the Terminator 2 Judgment Day, under the assumption that it's the James Cameron timeline. Right. It's the James Cameron timeline. It's that it's that the Rise of the Machines movie didn't take place because that fate was averted by the fate that happened in Judgment Day. So, but in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So that fate is an inverted, but there's a different fate where Terminators are still coming back trying to kill this young woman named Danny, and Sarah Connor, Arnold is a Terminator, and um, uh, human Davis. hybrid from the future also, Mackenzie Davis. I just don't, it just feels like what was so, the point of all the other movies if this is where the story is? It just, I had such a, okay. I was like, what? So, general also, reactions. Like, the first, good, with the spoilers, by the way. like <laughs> Right, big spoiler, spoiler here. Big spoiler here, the first Nobody few cares. seconds of the movie. Right, like, how was it, so, like, it was just so much for me that in the first 30 seconds of the movie, he just wipes out John Connor. And you're like... And not only that, they did like, like a weird CGI, like CGI teenage Eddie of, Furlong and Arnold they made Schwarzenegger. They him look younger than he ever did in any of the other movies. Well, in the Terminator 2, they made him look much younger. So it was just... I was like so confused. And then I, that really made it seem well ridiculous. And, and then they committed to it. And I guess their explanation was they stopped the future where John Connor was the hero. So therefore, John Connor being killed didn't matter anymore. And he gets killed by an additional Terminator that had been sent back. Because apparently many of them that had been sent back and ne- nobody ever told them their mission was over. Exactly, because the future disappeared. I mean, it does kind of it, it does kind of make sense because you got to figure what are the odds that you beat a term. Think about if you rewatch that first Terminator, how hard it was for them to just beat that Terminator. Right. You're not going to be able to beat all of those your whole life without a Terminator as your pet. Exactly. So it's not illogical. Sure. Well, it's anyway, not illogical. It's not illogical, but it is, is, I would say it's... But there were a couple of continuity things that didn't quite make sense. Like, like if the future was averted... Oh, I can't even remember. In Terminator 2. In the present timeline, should there be... If if there was more than one Terminator from Terminator 1. Okay, hold on, hold on. If the other... If there's a a second Terminator that was already put on Earth, so when... In in Terminator 2, when they kill the... Why? Why is there another Arnold Terminator that comes and kills John? That comes and kills I young guess, John Connor. I guess they were hedging their bets if, and they put one additional T eight hundred in the past. I have no idea. But it doesn't make sense because they sent the more advanced Terminator to kill John Connor. Why would no, they also this is, send? This is from the first movie. Oh, so from the first movie, there's just a couple of Arnolds roaming or around, running, roaming around looking for him. And one of them and they was never in get Guatemala. The message. Right, and they never get the message that but the they mission's were over. sent They're to kill machines. her, not John Connor. Or, or that's a good or, point. Or or maybe right. they were sending, or maybe they, or remember they said. Anyways, they were sending them every couple of years. It seems like that that the Terminators didn't send them back to one t- spot in time. They sent many back to many different points in time, and every Got time it. those points in time arrived, a Terminator would show up. That Even one... though that future was eliminated, exactly because they had been sent from that. Because it's anyway. Oh, it's a good. That's a great explanation. So, anyways, so I don't know why I'm digging this. I'm an ex- loving that. It's an explanation, <laughs> but it's sort of like it doesn't beg you to ask like why? Why would I want to see this? So I'm gonna I'm gonna vector into the premise being like comic books. One of the fun things about comic books is when they do alternate timelines. So unlike Star Wars, which has one timeline, which is why people get so worked up about it, Terminator at this point has has already essentially had two timelines that, that I can think of because you have Terminator Genesis, that feels like it's one direction of the timeline, and then you have the Rise of the Machines and Terminator Salvation. 
This one is just a third iteration of, well, what if, what if the story progressed with John Connor being killed in this scenario? What would happen? And what would happen is the same stuff as in Terminator 2, only John Connor's dead. <laughs> That's exactly. what would happen. And in, and so, and then, so my general reaction was, it was, it, it, it was interesting to see a variation on the story, but it felt super pointless. And I think that this is one of those things where they the T-1000 in Terminator 2 was such an incredible creation that the best they could come up with was this one was a Terminator from Terminator 1 wrapped in a Terminator from Terminator 2. It was like two Terminators in one. They were like, like right? It was a T-1000 wrapped right. around. And a... they can't make it too much more advanced than the one from Terminator 2 either because like that wouldn't make sense. Although he's a bit more advanced that he can split off. I mean that that the term the cool Terminator gadgetsy part. That's the part that I thought was actually fun, where he's just like a, a bit of a of a more advanced version. It's just the actor's not near. I, either I'm too old, or that actor's not nearly as scary as the guy that plays the T2 and the Terminator in uh, T2. Oh well, uh, um, who's Robert terrifying. Robert Patrick is me. uniquely terrifying. He scared the living shit out of me, whereas this guy was just fine. He wasn't scary. Yeah, he didn't, he was not as, he was just not as scary. Oh, okay, so, but uh, can, are we going to, are we discussing him now? The, the, sure, let's discuss the, Because him. I have a few, I have a few things to bring up that I feel like had they, had they addressed this or included this in the storytelling, it would have really elevated it for me and I was disappointed. So one of the things about this new Terminator is that he can split his body off into two parts, right? The machine yeah, he, and, like, the skin. Well, he's like a T-1000 wrapped around a T-800 is the exactly. best way to describe That's it. That's what we talk. Now, what I thought was really where they really missed the mark with it is that there should be a consequence to him splitting his body off. Like, because he splits his body off, yes, he gets to now be two machines fighting, you know, trying to, whatever, trying to, to kill Danny, but there should be some sort of like if one a gets hurt, consequence. The other one gets like, hurt. Otherwise, why isn't right. he split off the whole time? He should be right. He should be. It, that's maybe what I also thought. Fast. Maybe if maybe the skin can get is more vulnerable. You know, yeah. maybe it's harder for him to reconfigure. Like they and were just, just like, eh, it's too expensive. Right. So then, therefore, it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't just be split off all the time. Or why can he double split the off amount of parts if he's completely liquid? Can't he split off into one thousand parts? So I just feel like those had they just put in place those simple rules or parameters that part of him splitting off would have been much more exciting. He should have been because... in the writer's room. Right. So I'm just I saying was that... there when he first splits being like, whoa, that was so cool. And when he <laughs> first, I was like, okay, great. He split, but now what's the consequence of that? And it just seemed very strange to me that they wouldn't have included that because that would give our heroes a little My bit more leverage. My theory is that he can't be split for a long time because right, his he... other body is always no looking explained. to get Right, but his other body's always looking to like join back with him. On the so, other right, hand, why, why couldn't they explain any of those things? And I just so that was a real missed opportunity for me in the story, and I was I was disappointed at that. On the other they hand, spent a lot of time explaining how McK Schwarzenegger can grow a conscience and and, and how Mackenzie Davis's <laughs> character. Now, I really thought Mackenzie Davis's character. I have so much consequences. to say they they give her consequences, right? right? If she uses her super like hybrid robot human powers, she has to drink a lot of coconut water. Right. Or she, she passes can out. I, can I, can I say what I have to say yeah. about the movie? Yeah. Okay. So speaking of Mackenzie Davis, who is a walking goddess gazelle, like I, know, I right? Like, like how much do you love her? her? She's just oh, all kinds her. of stunning. And um great actress too. I think she can go toe to toe with uh, Sarah Connor and Linda Hamilton. I thought that they were great I, together. I, I think However, that I think though that you know what she couldn't go toe to toe with that haircut. Oh, I liked her haircut. <laughs> yeah, because it's the haircut your son just got from your mother-in-law. Yeah, but I like that. I'm good with that haircut. She's from the future. The point is that um, <laughs> she doesn't have time for long hair. When is she, she gonna like? But tie why that does she have time for mushroom cuts? I, 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 Why couldn't she have mom's back hair? To the here? 90s, guys. I'm I so sorry that in the future they don't have stylists up to no, your standards. They could shy. have mom's hairdo; would have been just fine. That would have been awesome. Okay, but listen, I thought that it was 
I, it's so rude to say this, but maybe hilarious, funny, um, nice, great that the movie was so quote unquote woke with its clear like metaphor about, you know, the, the Mexican American or not metaphor, just like clear representation of the struggle of the border. Um, well, that was just a part of the set that there were people who right. like, would they have to get back to the United States or Mexico and they right, but also, do it in a way you know, that's treacherous it, and dangerous. Right, and and the, and they choose to have the main character a, a Mexican woman who's not a typical main character in a superhero movie or a super action movie. Mm-hmm. So like I was like, that's pretty amazing. And then there's the three main characters are all women. So I was like, that's something you do not see, yeah, yeah. let alone a woman of color. Was, so and, were, and I thought they were awesome, and they actually had great chemistry. Except, and except I have a serious beef with. This is the first time we're ever getting to see a female remote version of any kind of Terminator, and they made her have hypoglycemia. No, that's and, not like, true. That's not true. The Terminator minutes. in Terminator Three: The Rise of the Machine, in Terminator: Rise of no, the Machines, it, it, is is, a, is a female. Okay, okay but, but I I'm mean, just... it's in this world, in the in the in this world, because in this world, Linda Hamilton has been the most badass woman we've ever seen. Oh, she's so good in this movie. So that is one of my biggest she, complaints about this movie is that I think... I was just so annoyed. I was like, why, like, you made this awesome woman badass to, like, accompany Linda Hamilton. Why does she need a nap every 15 minutes? Well, <laughs> like, she's like, I need some Cheetos no, and a nap. that wasn't the problem. <laughs> I made me so annoyed. Think... I was like, why is this fucking woman falling asleep every five minutes? That's so rude. It annoyed the shit out of me. Schwarzenegger's like 5,000 years old and he's still kicking ass. I'm like... Well, so let's talk about Arnold. So the so this is how they bring Arnold back into the movie. I thought they were going to bring him back in as a scientist, you know, not a Terminator. But apparently in this... That it was like a, a human that it maybe was modeled after or something. Yeah, I thought they were just going to do that. No, instead, he is the Terminator that killed John Connor that has then decided to grow the... the the mechanical version of a conscience and like live and raise a family out celibate uh, celibate i love when linda hamilton goes does she not notice you're 400 pounds and you don't sleep (laughs) you don't sleep or eat it's like we have a platonic relationship (laughs) so So, i like how they said twice in the movie too i'll see you later which is Hasta la vista, yeah. but in English. He goes, <laughs> no. he goes I, I do the dishes and I don't complain. <laughs> He's like, I'm so the weird, best right? husband. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, so, and then he's back, you know, helping them once again. And I, I love the chemistry of him and Linda Hamilton. Yeah, it's great. On the other hand, and I liked when she said, I'll be back earlier in the movie. But I, I, I just, I felt like, again, it was it was a oh, lot that's of missed opportunities. It was a lot of missed opportunities. So here, I'll go bold here. I loved the young characters. I thought Danny was great. I would love to see her. I would love to see, I wish they would have continued this. Well, this movie had been good enough to see the story when, continue. When, when Linda Hamilton, well, when whatever Sarah Connor goes, they're trying to kill you because it's your womb that they want. I looked at Colson and I was like, if that's the actual story, then right. it's, no, but this it was is real so bullshit. Obvious that it wasn't the story right well, like, i was like this movie's too woke for her to but, be just a but, house but, for the future savior but but not even that like there was nothing of like I, I just like i was like there's no premise to that they're just trying to make you think that it's a remake of terminator like they tell you it's a remake of terminator one but like they don't to me that was overly faking us out it was so obvious to me that nobody answered that yeah. question or That's said anything twist. i'm like oh That's it's definitely not her right. kid it's definitely i mean except be... the, the maybe the twist is that she's the one that saves mackenzie davis and May- sends her I back mean, it could have it's been, not a big it could have been anything I, it, to me there was just a missed opportunity opportunity there now here so i you guys know i don't love grace and frankie that i find it to be a pretty aggravating show and i didn't like the kaminsky sure uh, method either the movies that i feel like are made for you don't like old people something i don't like old people is that the movies that are like the, so the you didn't sh- like grumpy old men either i love classic old, i love grumpy i'm a grumpier old man i like the sequel more than the mm-hmm. first one <laughs> but my point is that i think I would have liked to see the movie with the older characters. Meaning, I like the young characters. I like to introduce the new blood. But what about letting Linda Hamilton, the way the way Jamie Lee Curtis got to lead this new Halloween movie, although I didn't see it, so I guess there's a young character too in that. But, like, let's just have Linda Hamilton 
run the show for the whole movie. Let's just make her. She's awesome, and she's great in the movie. Let's just have had her be the main character and have her be the savior. Like, I thought maybe the the twist was going to be that Danny, and, or I guess it is, the twist is that Danny and Sarah Connor and her are the, are the ones, ones that are going to ones that are actually going to take over the revolution. Take over the revolution. But I just, I, I wanted more. I, I was like, well, let's just have the old people do it. But anyways, I... In the in the vast array of Terminator movies, I liked of all of the non-Terminator one and two portrayals. I really liked Terminator Genesis, the one that people really hated, the one with Amelia Clark playing. Um, I don't even. I don't even think I could finish that. I, movie. I don't even remember that. even seeing it, or I didn't finish it. There are so many of these movies I have not seen. I I realize. Well, that one I really liked that one, and I liked in that one. Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is a Terminator who has been like waiting to help her for like 30 years or something like that and is an old and is like an old man Terminator like he makes himself on purpose look older so that people won't think it's weird and I thought he was really funny and charming with Amelia Clark and Jai Courtney a lot more in that movie and I, I thought that was a really cool movie um, but but people, but I guess people really don't like one. People don't like this one either. So where would you rank? Yeah, let's go. So now that yeah. we've seen, now that there are six Terminator movies, and I'm going to enjoy this because I'm not even sure you have, you all have seen all no. six. Becky I and I, Becky, was it you and me? Was it you and me who saw Terminator: Rise yeah. of the Machines? We walked into the end and we didn't realize that it was. The well, end. I've only seen I've only seen the last twenty minutes of Rise of the Machines, so <laughs> I is, know how that one ends. But that one's really cool. But I don't know the, the ending on that one is amazing. That one is that is Mark Wahlberg. No, that's you're thinking no. of Planet of the Apes. Is Mark Wahlberg is in one of these? It, no, who's in Rise of the Machines? What's Rise the, of the Machines is the young actor. Is um uh Nick Nick uh he he I think he died. I what? Think, I think he? he died. Yeah. What? Yeah, um, I think Arnold's in that one. And oh, but I will say I loved seeing the actor Diego Bonita early on as the as the um, brother as the brother of Danny. Oh yeah. Oh, and no. can we I talk about Nick how, how R2 Arturito is he is alive. Sorry, next. Can we talk about how Artu uh, Arturito is in it? Arturito. Oh, yeah, he was great too. I would have loved He's to see great. that whole family make it through the whole like movie. Fighting back. He been more as soon the as the brother half. was in it, I was like, he's he's gonna die. Here's my bad. thing about but the he movie. He was in Rock of Ages. I actually really enjoyed. Hold on, I really enjoyed oh. Acts One and even Act Two of this movie. But by the time Act Three rolls around, and there's no interesting twist, and the ending is kind of like, okay, so what you're telling me is that everything that happened in parts one and two don't matter. Don't matter because this is just a rehash of the exact same plot line. You're not even like attempting to make it different. It's literally the exact same thing. I just felt so bored by the ending that I felt very much like I truly don't care what happens because the stakes don't like I'm so desensitized to these stakes because I just didn't get like I just thought it was thing. fun and and well, didn't but the first, the first couple Connor parts in the opening like, scene you're sort of like well what, who cares you're exactly. not going to tell me to care about this exactly. new character. You just exactly. killed someone that. Exactly what it is. At least in yeah. Terminator Genesis, spoiler alert, what they do is in that version of the timeline, John Connor is essentially co opted by the machines and he's basically like reprogrammed to be like an extension of Skynet. And that's, that's the big twist. Super interesting. Is that he, at the end you realize that he's been he's been turned into so uh, I, like a, a T-1000 or some ver- I version of that. exactly that. I cannot... I don't have the same investment in Danny as I did have in John Connor. And so I just was sort of like, okay. I felt a little bit like who cares by the end. But I, other than that, I love Linda Hamilton in this. I thought Mackenzie Davis was wonderful. Like I loved the trio of these three women. That was really fun and exciting. But it just, the story fell flat. If this was a pilot for a show... I would be like, okay, it's not perfect, but I want to see more in this series. So even though I thought this was the, this was my lowest ranked of all the Terminator movies, I would have easily watched the story continue from here because I think there were good ingredients. They just blew mm-hmm. it on the story. They blew it on the story. Um, mm-hmm. Where so my rankings, which I have posted on Letterboxd.com, which you can go find Pancake for a Table, are as follows: 
Number one, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Number two, the original Terminator. Number three, Rise of the Machines. Both because I love the memory of seeing it with Becky. I can't I can't divorce it from the two of us going on that camp from day off that day off from camp and having so much fun sitting together. Incredible. And I love yeah. the ending. That one has a great twist ending. That is fantastic. And then mm-hmm. I like the chemistry in Terminator Genesis and Terminator Salvation is interesting, but it's it's sort of like it's just such a dour movie. And then this one just is the lowest because it was like it was like the new Coke of Terminator movies. It had like some of the ingredients, but it was just like kind of like light and sweet and nasty. Um, uh, what do you? How would you guys rank the Terminator movies? Sure, same. <laughs> All right, I I trust you. Judgment. Okay, I'm gonna do. Because I haven't seen the other two. I'm gonna do. Ju- <laughs> well, Judgment Day Genesis is, is my favorite. Judgment Day is my favorite. Like, I remember in Judgment no, Day. No, sorry. Yeah, Terminator. Yeah. Exactly. Terminator Two, Judgment Day. So two, one. How terrified I was. I love that movie. Um, I don't really know. Wait, so you put Dark Fate as your, as the last? Do you think this is the because, worst? And of here's it? why. Because I think Rise of the Machines, Genesis, and Salvation all did really interesting things with the story. Dark Fate's main contribution to the story is offing John Connor in the opening scene, and aside from that, it doesn't really change the story. And to me, while that was gutsy, there was nothing else to that. At least when they made John Connor turn to have been adapted by the machines Does in Genesis, it feel that was something cool. A little bit like in the last Jedi when they claim that Ray is not from any is a, is nobody because that's what it feels a little bit like to me because then you're like well then why should I care I if thought that not, but then I also was like don't you dare bring up Last she- Jedi but I, so no no that's an interesting point but Last Jedi and so now I feel like there needs to be a seventh movie that's going to retcon this one to make th- to make us you know to not kind of like ruin the John Connor legacy. The thing with Terminator is that each one of the sequels after the first two really could be seen as just a different like midrash, like a different variation <laughs> of the story. So I'm not as attached to the canon. It's it's kind of like, well, it's not like that with Aliens, but Aliens is getting close to needing that at this point. Like at this mm-hmm. point I'm like I like a- after Alien Covenant I'm like I just would have rather not known where the aliens came from. Um okay, so wrapping up our our conversation on Terminator Dark Fate. I gave it two stars, which is a high meh on Letterbox. So I give it a meh. What about you guys? Mm, no, I give I it, it a rent. rent. I would rent Me it. Too. Because truly up until the ending when I was like, oh, there's no twist and this is kind of boring. It was a great rent. And in fact, right now in the state that I'm in, that's a fabulous film where I can watch the first hour and a half and then be like, I'm just going to go to bed. I don't feel compelled to finish this. <laughs> it's the exact renter that I want. I don't want something that's going to keep me up past my bedtime and make me anxious that I'm not getting enough sleep. So it was like the perfect rent for me at this right. moment in my life. All right. And Lil? Rent, yeah. I had fun. I had fun. Like, it was, yeah, it was a fun action movie in the end. It wasn't terrible. All right. It is Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to... I have to... a question. Yes. I have a question about Super Bowl. So, like, I feel like I read enough trashy websites like E! News and have Us Weekly on my Instagram. And I have, like, a nice amount of trash. It's Us Weekly on Instagram. Like... Just pictures of the magazine? It's just, like, pictures of the pages? I... Like, people just reading like, yeah, it? Yeah, it's like, you know, goss stuff. But... How is it possible that I didn't know until like yesterday or this week that JLo and Shakira were doing the halftime show? Tell me that was just announced. I didn't even know who was in. I didn't know who was until playing. this morning, and I live in the city of one of the teams. I, well, that's sad, but I I didn't know who was playing either. But I feel like everybody should know the halftime show. Do you know when this was announced? Do I live in, under a rock? Because I feel like I look at enough crap news to have somebody have mentioned this before. Shy. Yeah, I just happen. remember it happening, but I think it's just lost a little bit of the mojo because it's gotten out more and more that artists don't want to do it, and you know, and it becomes such a controversy every year, and people got to complain, and then people like us analyze it. I think J Lo and J Lo and Shakira is a great choice it is consistent with by the time they pick someone to do the halftime show they are past their peak that's that is an argument i'm going to make it's it's mm-hmm. very it feels like it feels like more and more that they, that when you do the super bowl it's like this thing you do to promote yourself after you've already been so famous that you don't need it the used super to bowl. be like that 
Well, I, I mean, I don't right? know. I don't know, but mm-hmm. like by the time Springsteen did it, for example, like he was promoting the Working on the Dream album, right? By the time, even Bruno Mars when he did it, yeah, that was, that's one where he, I, he wasn't at the peak of his popularity. He was hugely popular, and that's one of my favorite shows but mm-hmm. to me to me that wasn't peak popularity to me this is i mean shakira and j-lo that like i i love I they're love both J-Lo. phenomenal performers so J- you know she's phenomenal but this, you know it won't be bad it will be it will be really fun and and interesting and shakira will play the drums and maybe mom's friend miriam ellie will be in the performance she could be with her keep, a, keep a close eye on it you never know and Let her head um, again. so i expect a good one i don't expect it to be like Beyonce level amazing or Gaga amazing, but I I don't think it'll be Justin Timberlake in jeans singing songs nobody cares about except oh, thank one for God. the trolls. And then who do you think will win? Do you know who's in the Super Bowl? Kansas and San Kansas? Francisco, but it's just an accident that I know that. Okay. Information. Kansas. So who are you guys? Okay. Are, do, are you saying it because you're not sure it's like a real team or you're not sure the city is just not in the Wizard of Oz? It's, I don't remember first of all, even what Kansas is Kansas City is in Missouri, guys. Kansas what City is not plays in Kansas. And that's Kansas what I'm saying. City Chiefs. They're like one of the oldest football teams. That's why I'm asking Becky. She's like, is Kansas not a real place? It's just in the movie. Oh, because you oh. mean the movie's Kansas the state. <laughs> but Kansas the city. Becky, there's a state and a city, both named oh, Kansas. I know that I know, sort of. And they won <laughs> they won Super Bowl. I did not four. know what the team was belonged to who, but I guess the whole states don't have teams. Well they call them the New York Giants, so Mm-hmm. They could have easily been Kansas the state. Check. New York is a city. New York City is a city. In yes, New but York. it's also the state. Kansas City. Kansas is a but city. But the name of Kansas the team is, is not the Kansas Chiefs. They're the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh my goodness. What is happening? So I, they are going against, do you know, Becky, they're going against the San Francisco 49ers. That's near so where she you said live. she lives in San Francisco and are right next to San Francisco and had no idea. Do you want to know how I found out that wow. San Francisco wow. is in the Super Bowl? I, I spent a lot of my uh, time just looking at, I love to look at recipes and Instagrams about food. And I like, now I subscribe to the New York Times, like cooking, like recipe, whatever Becky app. is such a good cook, by the way. Oh, and so good. This is like, yeah, so I was like reading and it's like Super Bowl time. So you love to see what kind of like disgusting, amazing food people are coming up with. And there kept on being these San Francisco themed recipes. And I was like, oh, I guess that means they're in the Super Bowl. Like, that's how I found out this morning. It was something about like. That's how I found out because it said said, um, seafood versus like barbecue food. Because apparently seafood's a thing in San Francisco. I guess so. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, I would say so. You know what's the thing in I mean, San Francisco? Like, beep and bop, because the food Becky oh. took me for was absolutely crispy bop. rice. Oh, no, on the, on the scalding pot. Bip and bop. He keeps saying beep and bop. Did you burn uh, your whole mouth? You say I always. Our mouths were sweet. Like, every time we took a bite, we're like, we really should wait. And then third degree burns in our mouth. I think slowly healing and coming back on the roof of my mouth. So I just would like you to know, I and our father are rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs because their coach is the great Andy Reid, who really saved football in Philadelphia. And And never won a Super Bowl. He went to the Super Bowl with the famous, you know, and with the famous time the Patriots cheated. The Patriots cheated in that Super Bowl. And he is, not only is he one of the winningest coaches of, of his, of the time that he's been active uh, i think only bill belichick has won more than him but a lot of the coaches he's that are on other teams including doug peterson who was the coach of the eagles that won the super bowl are all people who were mentored by andy reed so for me i'm rooting not just for andy reed the well, man you made me care a little bit more thank you andy i reed, cared the man. nothing a second andy reed the man but all not andy reed the former eagle but also he's known as being a great leader and a great person and to me when you've had a generation of super bowls won by bill belichick and tom brady who are at best amoral you know, Andy Reid, who is yeah. one of the good guys. And I think if he wins this, then they can talk about him for the Hall of Fame, which he really deserves to be in. But I think without a Super Bowl, he would be always one of these guys that they're like, oh, but he never won the big one. So I'm really rooting hard for them, and I really hope. And their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, is amazing. Travis Kelsey, the tight end, is the brother of Jason Kelsey from the Eagles. So there's a very invested, and I'm making chicken wings. Um, oh, my mouth is watering. So, so 
with that, I hope you guys root for the Chiefs too. Uh, uh sure. Be- I couldn't care less be- about be- San Francisco. Before before we get to Rex and shoutouts, we are continuing our collaboration with Stazar, the world of Z. Um, they we have another character description to go through. This is a different one. This is one of their female characters, and. While I'm sure they didn't name her after Mom's friend who was in the basket business with Mom, her name is Arlette, which is why I picked this one for this week, because I just saw Mom, and Mom once had a basket business. It's all in a basket, was the name, and in, in the 90s, and or the 80s. And Arlette is the name of this character, and this is how one of the other characters describes Arlette. The creature's appearance was most unusual. A rather pretty human female head with a pouty little mouth, impenetrable gray-blue eyes, neat ears on a long, slender neck like a turkey or something. She had a torso of a bird, but rather attractive long legs that appeared to be entirely normal women's arms, ending in long, elegant talons that were intriguingly painted red somehow. So this is a very tall bird woman. Oh, um, oh, I know who I, I know what I have to, I have to look up her name. Okay. It's oh, Lupita, Lupita all the way for me. Oh, well, that's me a great was, one. I was going to do, um, Lupita Nyong'o, because I thought I could totally see her. I think, yeah. Rocking that character. I think that is a fantastic, that obviously, first of all, Lupita can play anything. Like, if Lupita True, wants to be. but this, I felt like was, was calling out to me. Yeah, I mean, she would be very cool. I could see her being moving. She moves so elegantly. I think that that would be great. I would like. I was thinking um, Angela Bassett because I was just thinking of the long features. Like she has oh, these beautiful long features, and I could see her also being like a regal sort of bird type character. That that to me works, would work uh, for this one. But I think Lupita's great, and I would put Lupita pretty much in any. L- L- have Lupita fight the Terminators. I can get on board yeah, with I that. Can't do anything. Um, I can't. I have. I'm having a hard time getting the person's name who I think. So let's just say Lupita. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. I'll, well, up next week I'll I'll tell you so what I think it should be. Folks should check out stazr.com. S T A Z R. dot com. It's a fantasy phenomenon. Uh, book multimedia company we are doing this partnership with them and having a lot of fun doing it and um, uh, we shall continue now with our recs and our shout outs I on the flight back so I'm making you know let one of the things Letterbox has done for me it has made me realize how many movies I haven't seen so I've been trying to see this some is of the true. old movies that it also I, made me realize how many movies I, movies I either love like I'm like all five stars or all two stars? <laughs> I have I have a lot of that. Um, and so I've been trying to see some older movies, and it's been fun. It's a little bit, takes a little more of an effort to see movies from eras where things didn't move as quickly. But I watched on the flight back from visiting Becky, Chariots of Fire, which won an Oscar. And I had no idea that there's a huge Jewish identity component to it because one of the two runners is I didn't Jewish. I know it's about running. And yeah. it's about running in the Olympics. And yeah. our awesome guest friend, Jonathan Brantman, Dr. Jonathan Brantman, I tweeted to him and said, hey, how does this fit into the discussion of Jew- Judaism and masculinity, Jewish identity and masculinity in pop culture? And he, of course, had seen it and wrote back a brilliant thread. So I recommend folks go into my feed and check that out i've watched dr strangelove which i really probably have never seen the whole thing or if i saw it i was way too young to understand that movie's a masterpiece it is amazing peter sellers is a genius it's so weird and so relevant it was awesome and then because dad was visiting got up early today snuck in a little bit of one of his british shows on the acorn And we watched Foil's War, the first episode of Foil's War. They're very long episodes. They're like an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. So they're like the British-style things where each episode is essentially a movie. But Foil's War, which takes place in the era in World War II before the Americans joined the war in Britain, and it's guy solving crimes and finding spies and solving murders and stuff. Really, really, really good. I really enjoyed the first one, and I got to watch a bit of it with Dad, which, you know, again, when you watch with certain people, it makes it better. And watching that with Dad was awesome. How about you guys? Go ahead. 
Go, Me? Go you? Ahead. Go. go I binged this week the Hulu show Shrill, which with star, stars A.D. Bryant. The first season is based on, I think, um, the, uh, I don't know if it's like an article or essays or a book or something by a writer. And then the second season, they, you know, they base the writers of the show are creating, are, you know, continuing the story, creating new storylines um, that are not based on this author's works. But it is so freaking amazing this show is i feel like it should be required viewing it's funny and insightful and when we talk about loving shows that very organically have an inclusive cast this is a brilliant example of it um just and and again and something we've talked about on the show is that the more specific and niche a story is the more you're able to connect to it and actually feels universal. And this is a wonderful example of that. And it's not just the main character storyline, but I feel like the other characters um, also have some very specific things that they're, that, that make their personality really interesting or their own arcs, very interesting. And I love it. Edie Bryant is so freaking good. She is amazing in this show. Um, I can't wait to see it. And there's so many great SNL cameos for like guest stars, like guest stars in the show throughout the two seasons. That it's it's so much fun to watch. Like, um, oh, she's so funny. I, she I, I, I and there's so out. many great guest stars in it, uh, and she's so funny. And um, what's his name? Daniel Stern plays her father in it. Oh, so she's a side I haven't character seen Daniel Stern in a while. Awesome in it. Uh, I cannot more highly recommend the show. I feel like it hits so many needs that you have when watching a show you want something funny you want something that's light but you also want something that feels like you're growing a little bit as you watch it it gives you all of those things and even you know Vlad would sort of pop in and watch an episode with me here and there and he at the end every time was just like whoa that was amazing and he wasn't you know following the storyline he would just catch an episode here and there I do recommend watching it all the way through but you can also just like turn on an episode and even if you're not entirely sure what's going on it's that well done and the storytelling in each episode and John Cameron Mitchell is in it um he is amazing in it oh my god he's amazing in everything but it's great to see him in this so I super 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 highly recommend Shrill Awesome. Bill, how about you? I've been watching this German show um, that was, it's very popular here, uh, called Dark on Netflix. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you guys have it. It's like a, yeah, it's yeah. a we do. haunting, um, t- uh, mysterious, like weird stuff going on in the town, kids missing. The, the, it's ha- it, it calls upon like the, the whole idea of, I guess, like maybe like an it kind of story where you have the two, the kids who grew up in the town and now they're adults and like the secrets and stuff that's going on with them. And then there's, you also see them cause it time jumps. Like there's, it, there's lots of flashbacks. So you see them as kids and like then as they've grown up. So I guess that reminds me of it, but um, it's slow in the way that it's like a lot of, people walking on like crunchy cold leaves and yeah, I nothing but, people have explained the show but, to me many times and nothing about but it but I can, to watch it but I can totally understand why a lot of people if you like mystery shows time supernatural kind of stuff um like there is definitely like mystery murder um secrecy and that kind of stuff it definitely has a lot and it's like makes you really have to think of you know timeline stuff and theories and stuff like that it is a bit slow on the exposition it's just like um a little bit of nugget of a clue in each episode but i it's i think it's it's i'm I'm only watching it because i have to watch something scary because my in-laws are in town so they're like obviously let's watch this and um i'm sure it's not murdery enough for them but (laughs) it's entertaining them enough and um yeah it's, it's not it's not bad i think if that kind of thing is up your alley definitely give it a try um if you don't mind watching with subtitles, or I think they might have it dubbed uh, mm-hmm. in English. Um, and I also want to just shout out to our Grace chat that we have the cousins, like me and Becky and our mm-hmm. girl cousins. Mm-hmm. Shelly, um, Mindy, Danielle, uh, Allie. I don't think I'm leaving anybody My out. My biggest um, question about that show is, that's still on? Yes, oh, yeah. 100%. Ooh, yeah. And the best part is like when slowly as each cousin watches an episode, 
Um, there's questions that are asked without any spoilers. So it's like a unique art of being able to ask a question about the episode or make a comment without spoiling anything. And Allie last week just writes, enough with the peeling off faces. <laughs> and then I watched the episode and I was like, Allie, that's my favorite part. What are you talking about? Um, so it's just, uh, if anything, that show never needs to end because it's like such a fun bonding thing for the cousins. Love that chat. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, Lily, where can people follow you? Chichi K Gomez. Chichi is C H I C H I on the Twitter and Letterbox. I have reviewed a shit ton of movies. BT Dubs. That's awesome. And they're all five stars or two stars. I'm gonna do a football. I'm gonna do a football list. These are my favorite. Well, what I've movies. only done is like the stars part, but then I need to now start like getting into lists and like I can't wait to do like a watch. You really realize how much you meant to see but never got to see. Yeah. So it's great to make a watch list. And Becky. Where can people follow you? You can follow me on Letterbox and Twitter at PaperBKPrincess. I am slowly building out my Letterbox um, situation. But, you know, follow me. I'll follow you back. It'll be exciting. We'll get into a dialogue. That's awesome. All right. And you can follow me at Pancake4Table. That's Pancake, the number four, and the word table. On Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. You can follow all of the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Fry Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram or FridayNightMoviePod.com. And uh, you can, uh, let's see, what else can you do? Well, you can rate and review us. We always forget to ask people to do this. But really, if you listen to this show, all you got to do is just a little tap on your screen and hit the little stars, give us some stars, and then write something nice. You can even write, not even a review about the show, you can review our mom's hair. Whatever. Just five stars. It's an easy way to support us. And uh, with that, our theme music by What Does It Eat will kick in. And we'll dance our way into this Super Bowl night and come back next week with a review of the commercials. Not the game, but mm-hmm. the commercials. And I love you guys. Bye. Love Bye. you. Bye. Go eat lunch. Are there any other football movies? Um, um, um Ace Ventura. <laughs> oh, that counts. That's a good. That's a good one, Beck. <laughs>